This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots as well as free returns and exchanges and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. Hi everybody, this is Doc. And this is Jukebox. And we're talking to you from the parking lot of a TGIF because we are excited about June 3rd. Alone, Season 8 coming out. Your favorite podcast hosts are back with your favorite show. Yes, you might know us from the John Freakin' Muir Pod, but we also have a, another podcast called Solitude, and it is the companion podcast to the hit survival uh, adventure series on the History Channel, Alone. Strap in, get comfortable, be prepared as we break down each episode every week, provide our expert analysis, and make some predictions about who we think is going to take the ultimate prize. The woods are lovely, dark, and deep, but I have promises to keep, and miles to go before I sleep, and miles to go before I sleep. Robert Frost. And we started out, it was snowing as usual, and we got to the shelter, and we only had 12 miles to go to get to the next road where Cobra's uncle was going to pick us up and like take us back to his house and everything. We were like, okay, well, we'll just go. We'll meet him up with him tomorrow. We'll wake up early. And we <laughs> go to bed and it's snowing. And then we thought it stopped because we, we didn't hear it hitting the tent anymore. And so in the morning, we're like getting ready in the tent. And I unzipped it and I was like, oh no, it snowed all night, nonstop. I couldn't even see where we came into camp. There was drifts like knee deep. So 
we packed up and started out it was still snow it snowed for like 36 hours straight um the the uh drifts were up to like my belly button sometimes it was the worst day of my life (laughs) there was just no positive in it at all like I was just like crying, snot coming out of my nose. I was like, this is the worst day of my life. Like I fell and got a huge cut on my butt. Like it was the worst day. And we only made it, we hiked all day nonstop with no breaks because it was too cold. And we made it seven miles. I'm Doc and this is the John Freaking Muir Pod. Welcome to the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Lace up those boots and sling on the pack for a romp through trails, short and long. With your host and renaissance man, Doc, it's time to embrace the suck. Welcome back to another week on the trail. I'm Doc, and this is the John Freakin' Muir Pod. Let's start off with a reminder. If you are enjoying the podcast, take just a minute Help us out. Leave us a review on Apple Podcasts. And if you're not enjoying the pod, well, just go ahead and keep that to yourself. All right. Let's get to this week's guest. Joining, this, joining us this week is two-time Appalachian Trail thru-hiker, one of which was very different from traditional AT hikes. It is my pleasure to welcome to the pod, Mountain Cat. Welcome to the pod. Hey, thanks for having me. I, I'm really excited that you're here because I really want to explore – uh, this unusual version of the AT that you have, but we're going to leave that for a later segment. So <laughs> okay. hold on to those thoughts. All right. I've got a lot to say about it. <laughs> okay. Very good. Now on the pod here, we go strictly by trail names. So I'm pretty sure that Mountain Cat is your trail name. Is that correct? It is. Yes. Okay. And we have to know the story behind the name. Yeah. Okay. Well, the first uh, time I did the AT was in 2018 and I started March 8th, and so I was kind of like in the Nobo bubble, like right off the bat. So um, as soon as I got up to Springer, there was an older man up there. Well, there was a bunch of people up there at Springer, and I'm like a super unsociable person, honestly. (laughs) So I saw everyone as soon as I got up there, and I just kind of like retreated back into the woods and waited until everyone left. And, um, so an old man that was up there saw me again a few days later and I was doing the same thing. Like I would just avoid everyone and go sit in the sun by myself. So he kind of gave it to me because I'm unsociable and I like laying in the sun like a cat. So (laughs) very good. A solitary predator mountain cat. (laughs) Very good. Now, I don't think I ever ever shared with you how, I reached out to you or why I reached out to you and who gave me the tip. Did I, did I ever tell you that? No. So I had the great pleasure of interviewing and talking to nasty noodle. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he, he said, Oh, you have to talk to mountain cat because what she did was just crazy. And I might give uh, folks a a different perspective on long trail hiking. So nasty noodle, he, he threw you out there and, I reached out just cold and, and you got right back to me. So thank you. Is he, he's on the CDT now or something? Yes. I think I just saw something where he is, That's he is cool. on the CDT. Right. Yeah, awesome. 
All right. Hey, Mountain Cat, have you had a chance to listen to the podcast before? Yeah, I did. Um, I went through and because uh, my boyfriend, Cobra, um, he really likes Jupiter. So we both went back and listened to Jupiter's episode. <laughs> yeah, he was he was a lot of fun to talk to. He's a great guy. Yeah, we love his videos too. Yeah. Cool. Very talented, very talented. Hey, the only reason I ask is I want to make sure that you have an idea that at the end of the episode, we have a regular segment called the Pro Tip Insight of the Week. And so what that is, is I'm going to turn to you at that point and say, Mountain Cat, what's your Pro Tip Insight of the Week? What can you share with, with our listeners? What little piece of wisdom that's going to make their next outdoor adventure even better? So don't be surprised when we get to that. Okay, I won't. <laughs> okay. And you being a two-time AT hiker, I am really interested to talk gear with you. And we've got another regular feature called the Must Bring Gear Review. Okay, and here's how it works. If you were to let a stranger pack your bag with pretty much generic gear for a multi-day hike, what is the one specific piece of gear you would insist on being packed? And if you've got a particular brand for that specific piece of gear, even better. So Mountain Cat, what's your must-bring piece of gear? I would have to say, if I could only pick one thing, it would probably be my enlightened equipment. Um, I have the Convert, so it's the one that zips the whole way down and opens up into a blanket, and it's a zero degree, and I carried that from July, like, the whole way through the winter. I don't care if it's, like, summer. I love having my zero degree because I sleep so cold, so that's probably the one, definitely the one thing I would pick to pack okay so it's a quilt yeah it's a quilt but it has a zipper the whole way so you can unzip it the whole way like some of theirs is has the sewn in like toe box or foot box or whatever right so this one unzips the whole way and then you can just cinch it at the bottom like to close it in so when it's hot out i just like use it as a blanket or i cover me and my dog up with it i love it so much <laughs> okay did you do the at with your dog yeah he um he did 1200 miles on my Sobo. Okay. And wh what kind of dog is he? He's a Bernese mountain dog. Oh, okay. Big boy. <laughs> yeah. yeah. And, and what is his name? His name's Sawyer and his trail name is Poodle Bear. <laughs> so dogs have trail names too. Very yeah, good. Yeah, but we gave it to him. Yeah. And well, he, he couldn't. In the hiker yearbook this year. So. <laughs> Well, Poodle, Poodle Bear couldn't give him couldn't give himself his own his own trail name. Yeah, that's, that's that's not acceptable. Yeah. So, yeah. very good. Yeah. All right. Hey, before we move on from gear, what is what is your base weight? I honestly don't even know. I didn't weigh it once <laughs> this whole trip. I think in 2018, it was around 11 or 12, but um, this time and. In the summer, it was probably pretty light because I switched out a lot of my stuff to newer stuff. But then for winter, <laughs> I don't even know. It was um, probably close to twenty, maybe. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Yeah, you had it. You had a very different trip, so you had to pack accordingly. Yeah, yeah, I had a lot of stuff. Okay, during your summer trip, um, what what kinds of uh, gear did you have? I and mean, what was your what was your sleep system? What was your your uh, your shelter like? Um, so we had we started out in the summer. We had the duplex, um, the Z packs duplex, which 
uh, I didn't like it at first, but now I love it. And it's my favorite tent because I just wasn't used to setting up like a trekking pole tent. So mm -hmm. trying to get used to that was kind of like irritating, but once you figure out how to set it up like really good in any spot, it's such a nice tent. It's huge, like compared to like other two person tents. Um, yeah. So what would you say? What would you say? Cause you, you said you were frustrated it's at first by using that. It's different than a, a regular tent. Are there any tips or tricks you can share that uh, kind of made you say, ah, this is how it works. And, and yeah. this is why I like it now. I think um, I got better at it when I learned, cause I would stake out the four corners first and then put the trekking poles in because like, that's what it tells you. But then after I have the trekking poles up, I'll go back through, go back around and readjust all four stakes. I wasn't doing that at first. So it was just always like lopsided. But when I went back around and would pull those out a little bit and like readjust it after I already had it set up, it helped a lot. So. Got it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, and we, so we heard about your quilt. You have a sleeping pad. Yep. Um, in the summer, I, <laughs> this time I only used, um, that one eighth inch pad from Gossamer gear. I went like hardcore. I don't normally do that, but, um, it, it honestly wasn't that bad because when you pick a campsite, that's not like, um, hard or rocky or rooty, like it's not that bad. I got used to it within like three days and I actually thought it was pretty comfortable. So Okay. Yeah. Eighth of an inch. That's pretty thin. I know. I, I tell people that, like I told my friend yard sale that, and she was like, what, why? <laughs> I'm like, I don't know. So then that became Sawyer's, um, sleeping pad. And then, um, once we got him, cause we picked him up, my mom brought him up in Vermont. And, uh, so I used that for him then. And then I just used my, uh, Neo air. Got it. Yeah. And how about uh, footwear? Are you uh, trail runners or boots or yeah, something else? Yeah, trail runners. Well, okay. trail runners for summer. Um, I had ultra lone peaks. I think the 4.5s. Yeah. And then, um, yeah, winter I switched to boots, and that, but that took me forever to figure out what kind of boot I liked and all that. So, What did you settle in on? Um, I ended up... I tried the ultra, um, the mids, the Gore-Tex ones, because I heard a lot of good stuff about them, but they destroyed my heels. I only had them for like 30 miles. So I don't know if I should have got like a half size bigger, but, um, after that I did the Solomon, they're men's, um, I think they're called ultra, like U-L-T-R-A, uh, three, ultra three I think and at first I didn't like them at all but after I got them broken in like they're actually a really good boot and I they worked for me uh through the rest of the winter then okay yeah. very good now before we get into the nitty-gritty of uh your hikes let's back up a little bit let's talk about your background where you grew up what kinds of hobbies and sports you were involved in and how you got involved in the through hiking cult because that's what it is it's a cult yeah. <laughs> definitely is. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, so I grew up um, here in Pennsylvania. Uh, I was always like an outdoorsy kid. My family is really outdoorsy. So I've always been fishing and hunting with my pap. Um, and then we started, my family started camping when I was really little. So 
we've always been like a car camping family mostly. I'd, we never went backpacking. And actually my first time backpacking was when I started the AT uh, the first time. So wow. <laughs> I'd never gone before. Yeah. So yeah, I always liked hiking and everything. Um, and sometime in high school, I never did any sports or anything. Like, I don't like organized sports. <laughs> I don't like people telling me what to do or like team playing. <laughs> so um, I never really did any sports. I hated school. I never showed up to school. Um, but in high school, I just kept thinking like uh, that someday I wanted to do the Appalachian Trail. And I don't even know where I got that idea, but I thought about it since I was in like 10th or 11th grade. So I told myself I was going to do it when I graduated high school and then I decided to go to nursing school and I went for two years to nursing school, um, said I was going to do it then after I got my RN and then I decided to go back to school for my bachelor's and then um, at that point like I was not after I graduated for my bachelor's I wasn't like in a good spot mentally and I was doing a lot of drinking and going out late nights and I was like, I think I'm just going to go for it because <laughs> I needed something different. I definitely needed a change and it was like the best decision I ever made. So, okay. And we're going to, we're going to, I want to go back to that moment of when you decided you're going to go for it. But before we do, I want to, I want to ask just a couple of questions. So my daughter's an RN, she, she got her RN and her, her BSN uh -huh. and she is in labor and delivery. And so I, I wanted to ask what, what specialty you're in, what, what yeah, uh, type of nursing? So I started in home health. Actually, I've pretty much always been in home health, um, but I did home health directly for three or four years. And then now I actually work from home um, do, uh, reviewing I'm a QA um, RN. So I review other home health nurses charts and QA everything and go through those. And QA stands uh, for quality assurance? Yeah, yeah. Got it. Yep. I like it a lot. It gives me a lot of freedom. Like as long as I have Wi-Fi, I can work. So that's the main thing. <laughs> How is the Wi-Fi in Pennsylvania? It's good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's, let's get back to that moment where you said, you know what? I think, I think I'm going to go for it. This is the, this is the moment of truth. How long before that decision and actually setting off on the trail in 2018? I decided I we I'd gone on a vacation up to the Adirondacks and um I was just laying there like the cabin that we stay in has no service and I love that because I would just hang out for like a week or two and just like read and like think and stuff and I remember I was laying in my hammock up there and I was like I'm just gonna do it like <laughs> uh this year or this coming year so that was in August or September. And then I started in March of the next spring. Got it. And I think you said before that this was your first overnight backpacking experience <laughs> is the AT 2018. Yeah. yeah. I'd meant to get out and like test my gear, you know, like they say to do. <laughs> and, um, I think, well, my boyfriend at the time was very unsupportive. He was he would not talk about the fact that like I was leaving, like he would not talk about the fact that like when my gear would be delivered, like he would just like turn another eye, like he was very unsupportive. So um, I didn't really have anyone to go with. 
which didn't stop me from starting the trail, but I don't know. I was just like, I'll just go, I guess, and test it out on the trail. <laughs> so. Wow. But this is not your only experience. You, you've done some car camping. Yeah, you did some yeah. other like day hiking in other parts yeah, of the country. Day hiking. Yeah. Yeah. We, um, my family has always been really into traveling. So I've been really lucky. So, um, we've done a lot of travel out West, um, like Utah, uh, Yosemite, Yellowstone, Grand Canyon, everything like that. So we've done a lot of day hikes out there. And now looking back, I'm like, oh my gosh, there's so much good backpacking out there. I got to get back out there. Yeah. What are your memories of Sequoia and Yosemite? Oh my goodness. Uh, well, my favorite memory of Yosemite, um, is it the Merced River? I think um, I went there and went swimming and like I was the only person there and it was amazing like because around here in PA like it's hard to find a spot to swim that there's not like crowds of people and I we already know I don't like crowds so that was like a great memory I'm like I had this like whole section of river to myself and it was so clear and it was just amazing it wasn't at the top of the falls was it no <laughs> That might have been why you were the only person in the river. Yeah. <laughs> I go over it. No. <laughs> you know, they have they have all kinds of signs at the top of Yosemite Falls saying don't swim in the river. <laughs> like, like like that's something you would have to tell people. But oh but literally, like, you know, once a year someone goes over. So it's crazy. Oh my goodness. That's awful. <laughs> all right. And then also uh, Yellowstone and the Grand Tetons? Yeah, yeah. Um, I did a lot of hiking in Yellowstone. Um, went and saw all the like thermal pools and everything like that. I would love to go back there too. And like, cause we stayed at like Old Faithful Lodge and like we'd mostly did like the lodge thing. So I'd love to go back and like backpack and ca car camp there too. Yeah, there's some big animals in, uh, in Yellowstone. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> some big buffalo. <laughs> Well, moose and moose and grizzly. I was gonna say I'd love to see a grizzly <laughs> from a distance. <laughs> yes, there you go from yeah. a distance. And then um, you also did some time in the Grand Canyon in in Utah. You said. Yeah, we did a lot of. Um, we did like Canyonland, Zion. We we did like the big loop out there and um, Grand Canyon. Grand Canyon was amazing. Like, sounds like a cliche, but it was like amazing view is beautiful and i would love to do like a like a rim to rim someday there that'd be cool and i just um i i don't know if you follow rocket julia sheehan she just finished um the arizona trail and seeing her finish up like at the grand canyon was amazing like she had the best views all right i'm gonna i'm gonna reach out to her see if she wants to come on and talk yeah. about it I'll, i'm gonna drop your name He's a fellow Pennsylvania girl. <laughs> okay. All right. Very good. We've had a few people on the podcast here that have been to the Grand Canyon and, and one particular who was a Grand Canyon expert and they, they just rave about it. And I have not yet been to the Grand Canyon, even though I live in the Southwest, I have not made it to the, to the Grand Canyon. My mom, my mom, who's listening, she will argue that, yes, I was there, but I, I will argue back that I was probably two and I don't remember it. So <laughs> It doesn't count. <laughs> no, it doesn't count. But uh, it sounds like a, an epic, epic yeah. place for hiking. So I have to give that a yeah, shot. Definitely. All right. So let's 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 talk about your 2018 AT hike. You decide in August or September, 
and uh, your boyfriend at the time is unsupportive. What does the rest of your family think about this, about their daughter going out solo to hike 2,200 miles? It took them a while to get used to it, but they knew from, because I always talked about it in high school, they knew from for years that like I was eventually going to go do it. I just don't know if they knew that I actually would do it. <laughs> so when I told them, um, I think like my grandma made me take um, self-defense classes. <laughs> so I did that. Um, but they were ultimately really supportive. And um, right before I left, they threw me a big surprise going away party. So and all my um, friends and family came. So it was really good. And they are, my mom and my grandma are like my two biggest supporters ever trail wise. They send resupply packages. They come stay in Airbnbs. They pick us up like six times. <laughs> so they're, um, they've really definitely gotten used to the idea after I was out there. Definitely. Now, how much did you know about the AT? How much research did you do? And what were you expecting uh, when you started the hike? I did, I did a good bit of research. Um, well, mostly just about gear and I read that you shouldn't expect anything. So I tried not to expect anything. And I just, um, I just thought about trying to see how far I would make it. And once I was out there, I was like, there's no way anything could get me off this trail. So <laughs> it was, um, yeah, I would say the most thing I researched was my gear which was good because it all ended up working out even though I never tested any of it. So very good. Very yeah. good. And so I know you talked about maybe reaching a, a low, low point or kind of being, um, I don't know, maybe frustrated with where you were, you know, with, uh, staying out late and partying and, yeah. and, and so what were the, what was the goal of getting on the AT? How, how was this going to change mountain cat? I don't think I knew at the time. I just knew I needed a change of like scenery. Um, I needed something to get myself out of the situations I was in and like felt like I needed something drastic or else I would probably just go back to it. So I don't, um, obviously when I was out there, like everyone else, you just like figure out that that's like, um, like through hiking is like a huge part of your life now and like you figure out how to work your life into it so while I was out there I figured out I'm like why am I not happy um and it was mostly because I didn't have any freedom or I as much freedom as I wanted both in my like relationship and my job going to school I've always hated school and then I forced myself to go another four years <laughs> and so while I was out there, I was like, the mo the thing that makes me not happy and makes me like do these things that I don't like is the lack of freedom. So ever since then, I've been, I just focus on that and it really changed my life. That's fantastic. Yeah. We, we often hear on this podcast about the transformational power of the long trail or of nature, just in general, that, you know, you're, you're just better off having have having had that experience and yeah, um, when you're out on a long trail especially there's a lot of time to think oh yeah nothing but time <laughs> and so you really wrestle with with uh with some issues out there and learn a lot about yourself yeah definitely 
Yeah, that was a big thing. Like, like you said, having so much time. I remember the first part of the trail, like probably up until Southern Virginia, like I was focused more because I made a lot of new friends. Like I had a trail family. So um, we would hike together and camp together and they were like a huge part of my hike. But I know around Southern Virginia is when I started to like um, hike by myself during the day a lot and like start thinking like you said like all you have is time to think so that was when I really started like thinking about what made me happy and why I was out there and everything so okay and how long before you met up with this trail family you start out at uh, Springer and yeah started at Springer um so my my current boyfriend that I have now I met in 2018 on the AT. Uh, he started a day before me. This is, Cobra. Uh, this is Cobra. Yeah, Cobra, yeah. And does he have a story behind his trail name? He does not. He um, has always been Cobra. His family, because his name's Kyle, so he's Cobra Kai. <laughs> so Got he it. brought that onto the trail, yeah. Okay. Sorry, I interrupted. Continue with, oh, no, uh, with yeah. your, so with your story. Him. Well, he started a day before me, him, and he had already made uh, – a few friends. So I met my friend, Nope, um, who was a girl that I hiked with in my trail family. I met her day two at like Hawk Mountain. And we ended up seeing each other again after Neil's gap, Neil gap. And um, she was like, oh, we should hike together. And I was like, yeah, like I loved her. She was like the total opposite of me. She's so outgoing and happy. And like, so whenever we would see people, I would always make her talk to them so that I wouldn't have to. But, I don't get, I don't, I don't necessarily get that from her trail name though. Nope. Uh, Leslie Nope from Parks and Rec. <laughs> nope. That, with, nope. Yeah. Nope with a K. Got it. Okay. Exactly. <laughs> yeah. So um, we started hiking together and right after leaving Neil's Gap, I think it was the next day, we were sitting along the trail and uh, this ridge runner came up and we were like, hey, did you, is there any room up at the next shelter for us to stay in? She's like, I'm not sure. There is this group um, of guys, they call themselves the Florida Boys. And I think they were going to go in there and we were like, oh my God, the Florida Boys, they sound awful. <laughs> And we ended up being best friends with them. Like they were our trail family then. So that was Sparky. Cobra was a Florida boy. <laughs> um, Sparky, he was hiking with him. Uh, our friend, Cold Dude, Free Spirit. So yeah, we were with them for a long time. Um, also, a, guy, a German guy named Johnny Cash. He was with us for a while. So, and then so we had kind German. of... German Johnny Cash? German Johnny Cash. Yeah, he wore all black. So <laughs> his name was Johnny Cash. Yeah. So, um, and then we kind of, some of them had to go home because of injuries. Um, so that was real sad. But we ended up having like a kind of second trail family. Um, it was me, Nope, uh, Cobra, uh, Yard Sale. I don't know if you know her, Ashley Manning. You should talk to her too. She is hilarious. Okay. okay. Yeah. And um Sparky and Bunny, uh Paul Bunyan. So yeah, so that was like our second trail family and we're still super close. Like um we got to see everyone on our our second AT through hike that everyone came out to see us, so that was really good. Very good. Yeah. Now what uh 
what advice would you have for a hiker who maybe has not done any kind of extensive backpacking experience, but they are just in love with the idea of the long trail and are considering doing it, but they've got these doubts as to whether or not they can, what, what kind of advice, you know, having been in that experience yourself, uh, that, that situation yourself, what, what, what advice would you give them? Um, I would definitely, I mean, depending on what trail you're doing, if it's the AT, I would say just go for it. I mean, there's always, if you get out there and, and you figure out that you don't like it and it's something you don't want to do, it's so easy to, to quit. I mean, you can get to a road every day. There's tons of people out there to help you and help you with your gear if you're not sure about something, but yeah, just do it because you're going to more than likely be way super glad that you did. <laughs> okay. And is there a reason to be fearful on the trail? Did you ever have to use your, your self-defense skills out no, on the, the AT? I don't remember them. <laughs> uh, no, I, I only had one bad experience. Yeah, I think only one in 2018. Cobra um, and I were, it was just us um, after about New York. And we were in New Jersey and he was ahead of me. And we were in kind of like a, uh, like kind of like a neighborhood area um, or like near a neighborhood. And some guys came by on four wheelers and like started messing with me and stuff. Like one tried to push me over and like threw something at my head. It was just a weird experience. So, but Cobra was right ahead of me. So I called him. Oh, a family came down the trail and they ended up like taking off. So I called Cobra and I was like, <laughs> like, I don't know what just happened, but they were just like trying to mess around. I think they were drunk, but yeah, it was scary because I was by myself. And like, if that family hadn't come, I would have been like, I don't know. But I didn't really, I didn't use my self-defense skills, that's for sure. I just, like, tried to, like, get away. But I think, I don't think that's a very common experience at all. Most of the time, like, that family walked up, like, someone's going to be in close proximity, especially if you're going northbound, like, there's always going to be some, someone coming by if you feel like you're in, like, an unsafe situation. Right. And I think that kind of, I mean, your story, your particular story kind of demonstrates that, um, you know, people on the trail are very much supportive of one another and yeah, exactly. willing to do just about anything for another hiker that they don't even know. I yeah. mean, you give them food, give them aspirin, give them, you know, the shirt off their back to, to help but, them. And yeah. the people that were messing with you were not, hikers, were no. not, were not hikers. No. Yeah. Most like it's, like town people honestly that I would feel like most unsafe around but even in like trail towns like I never had a bad experience with anyone but yeah like you said that what they weren't hikers <laughs> I've never had a, a bad experience with a through hiker for sure right now what were some of your your favorite memories of the AT in 2018 can you can you uh, maybe give us a top five list of your top five memories from that trip all right. Um, well, my first favorite memory would probably be the Smokies um, because it's such a, it's so different from anything that you hiked through so far on the trail. Um, so I love the Smoky and I feel like I finally got my trail legs in the Smokies. So it wasn't as hard. <laughs> so um, just going through the Smokies was definitely a good memory. We went into Gatlinburg um, 
which if you're going to do the AT, I think you should go into Gatlinburg because I love Gatlinburg. <laughs> There's so much to do there. Um, so yeah, I, going into Gatlinburg was a great memory because we were all like with our trail family and like uh, went in and had breakfast and everything. So another one I'd say is probably McAfee's Knob. Um, which is also a generic answer, but it's so, it is a really, really good view. Like, and, um, we got, my whole trail family was there and we got there for sunset. So we hung out up there for sunset and, uh, we, well, <laughs> the three of us girls got some really good naked pictures up there, <laughs> uh, for the sunset. And then, uh, we ended up hiking back up for sunrise the next morning. So that whole experience was like, like a really good one. And then the next day was town day because we went into Daleville and uh, zeroed and played in the swimming pool the whole time. So um, let's see. Another good one. I think you've named three. So we need two more. Okay, two more. I definitely got to pick one up north. Let me think. Probably, so I, I turned 20, what did I turn? I think I turned 22 or 23 on the trail. Um, when we were up in Maine, we were near, um, what is that town? Right before you go into the 100 mile wilderness, but um, it was my birthday. So, and we ended up meeting up with um, our old trail family member, Bunny. And we hadn't seen him in a while. So he hung out with us and we got a ride down to this bar and we had like a, a really good night uh, for my birthday and went out and drank. I don't, I didn't drink much on the trail, but like it was my birthday. So, <laughs> so we went out to the bar and got a lot of food and we had like a really good night. Um, and the last one I'll probably have to say Katahdin because it was the end <laughs> and it was it was a really good day we had a beautiful clear day it was so lucky because we didn't summit until October 5th so we were kind of late um and we ended up seeing two of our friends that we had well nope summited the same day as us accidentally because she was with like a whole different crew by then um but we saw our friends One Foot and uh, Bear Claw on the same day. They had been hanging out in town waiting for like a really good day to summit. So it was like a little reunion on our last day. It was really cool. We got to see, we hadn't seen One Foot since like Pennsylvania. And we saw him, I think he was coming down Katahdin while we were going up. And it was just like, oh my God, <laughs> it was such a good moment. <laughs> I have to know the story behind One Foot's name. Yeah, I, I'm envisioning a guy hopping along for 2,200 miles. That, could, that can't be right. My mom can never remember his name. She thinks his name's like One Toe, <laughs> but he um he just got his name from because he would say one foot in front of the other, <laughs> so he does have two feet. <laughs> okay, that's good. That's good. So you start in you say March. Yeah, March ninth. Uh, March ninth, and you finished yep. October fifth. Yep. So that's uh, seven seven months in a week. Um, yeah. Okay. And what was your what was your average mileage? Oh man. Um, or, or yeah, what was your average and what was your high day, your high mileage? Okay, I'll say this. We took, 
I think 40 zeros. <laughs> so I'm definitely like, I will encourage people to take as many zeros as they can. <laughs> um, and my high, highest mileage day was probably like a 26 or 27 in like Virginia. I didn't do many high mileage days. Like none of us did. We really like chilling. Like we would do like 15s or less. And we actually, um, <laughs> when we got to Damascus, um, we started doing the math. We're like, how much, like, when do we have to get to Katahdin by the time it closes? So we did the math completely wrong and we thought we had to do 18 a day every day and we were like oh my god we gotta like we gotta like pick up the pace so we started like stressing and then we told our friend taco about it and she was like I think you guys did the math wrong and we redid it and it was like 12 or something and we were like okay so we're doing like 12s from now on <laughs> whatever the least we have to do <laughs> nice Nice. Now, when you finished, well, take us through that, that, uh, that summit of Katahdin. How did you feel? What were some of the emotions going through you? Um, it was different than what I expected because I, there, first of all, there's a lot of people there, which, um, you know, <laughs> I'm not fond of. So it's kind of like a weird moment for me. Like, I feel like I felt more emotional when we came down to the bottom and we were like and it was just like Cobra and I were getting ready to go back to Millinocket and everything um when we were up there I didn't really feel like I feel like because there were so many people I couldn't really like feel my like actual feelings so <laughs> but definitely when we got down to the bottom I was like what what do I do now I don't even know like um and Cobra and I hadn't like talked about anything we weren't like because we weren't even like a real like boyfriend and girlfriend so I was like are we ever gonna see each other again like I dropped him off at the airport and it was the saddest thing ever we both like cried so much because we were we, like we didn't even think we were gonna be together so um yeah a lot of feelings <laughs> so I hesitate to ask ask this but I'm gonna ask because I know my listeners are probably have this question in their minds you left for the trip with an unsupportive boyfriend <laughs> you met cobra on the trail yeah. you cried at the airport now you're with cobra how did the, how did that all transpire oh yeah the unsupported boyfriend did not last out of georgia <laughs> oh so he was he was gone before you even finished the trip before you oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. georgia yeah um it's it started like after i left he honestly wasn't as bad i mean we talked on the phone a little bit and then um I could just tell I'm like this is not definitely not gonna work so yeah it didn't I think um that lasted until Hiawassee so yeah well one of the things I like to say on the podcast especially when I talk to people who have been on a long trail with a significant other is that there is no hiding on the trail you oh, guys no. are out there 24 7 um there's no no shame no modesty <laughs> And sometimes you're in very stressful situations. And so being in those stressful situations for that duration, if you survive a long trail with a significant other, then you guys are like a forever couple. So <laughs> That's what I think. Yeah. Yeah. I'm like, if we can make it through that, I don't know what we can. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. All right. Hey, we're going to take a quick break. When we get back, we're going to find out what you did in 2019 and 2020. And then we're going to talk about the the AT again, but this time from a, a very different perspective. So stay tuned for that. We'll be right back. 
The John Freakin' Muir Pod is sponsored by Outdoor Vitals, the ultralight backpacking gear company whose mission is to improve the mental, physical, and emotional health of mankind by facilitating impactful outdoor experiences. Outdoor Vitals creates innovative technical products with confidence-inspiring education that empowers outdoor ultralight adventurers. Their focus on performance and durability enables you to live ultralight with gear you can actually be confident in. Whether you're looking for an ultralight sleep system, shelter, or pack, or if you're looking for top quality apparel for the trail, you can find it at Outdoor Vitals. Do yourself a favor. Live ultralight. Want to make a podcast? Spotify's got a platform that lets you make one super easily, then distribute it everywhere, and even earn money, all in one place for free. It's called Spotify for Podcasters, and here's how it works. Spotify for Podcasters lets you record and edit podcasts right from your phone or computer. So no matter what your setup is like, you can start creating today. Then you can distribute your podcast to Spotify and everywhere else podcasts are heard. Video podcasts are also available on Spotify. With Spotify for Podcasters, you can earn money in a variety of ways, including ads and podcast subscriptions. And best of all, it's totally free with no catch. Since I discovered Spotify for Podcasters, I feel like my creativity has raised to another level. I highly recommend you give it a try. Download the Spotify for Podcasters app or go to www.spotify.com backslash podcasters to get started. And welcome back. We're talking to Mountain Cat. We just covered her 2018 uh, Appalachian Trail hike northbound, which took seven months in a week with, I think she said, 40 zero days, 40 zeros. Okay. Yeah, high 30s, 40. <laughs> <laughs> and let's talk about what, uh, what came after the AT in 2018. What did you do the next couple of years? Oh, uh, let's see. I uh, went back to work, made some money. <laughs> that was the number one. Um, and then... And when you say that, I, I, I want to talk, I want to pause just for a second yes. because a lot of the people I talk to, they make money to go hiking. They, oh, yeah. They, they are saving up for the next long trail. Yep. And as soon as they hit that, you know, that, that monetary amount that they think they need, then... They're done. They're done. <laughs> right. Is that, is that similar yeah. with you? Well, not that time because... I honestly, when we got to Katahdin, like I was so tired, like my body was done. And I, and because we had talked about, we were like, uh, Cobra and I were like, oh, we'll do like PCT someday. And we had told our trail family that. And when we saw Nope up on Katahdin, she was like, are you guys going to do PCT still? We were like, no, <laughs> absolutely not. I'm done. So when we got home, I was like, I thought I was done. So uh, I went back to work. And then it only took, well, okay, so Cobra moved up with me, <laughs> obviously, from Florida. So um, he moved in with me. We went back to work. And then it took until we got home October. It took until December, I'd say, until we were like, okay, where are we going to go next? <laughs> so nice. it, so it, Cobra is, he's no longer a Florida boy. He's a Pennsylvania boy. He's no boy. longer a Florida boy, thank God. <laughs> <laughs> And, and what was you said that that's funny at the top of Katahdin you're like nope I'm done no yeah, way no. I'm, not doing, I'm not doing it so what is tougher was was it was the was the physical aspect tougher of doing the AT or the mental aspect what do you think um at the I would say overall it would be mental but and once you're once I got to Maine I would say it was more physical because 
it's just so hard at the end, like to end with the hardest sections and like the whites in Maine. Um, my body felt destroyed. Like I remember climbing Katahdin wasn't that bad because you're like so excited and like it's the end. But the days like leading up to Katahdin, I was just exhausted all the time. So I'd say um, towards the end, it was more physical, but overall it was mental. <laughs> Yeah, I have a theory on that. I have a theory that when your when your body knows that it's almost over, that's when things start breaking down. It starts shutting down. That's right. <laughs> Literally, yes. Yeah. Okay, back to 2019. Okay, yeah. 20. Oh, so, yeah, we decided we were like, oh, we definitely want to do at least something small while we're still working. So we did um the Ocean of Lake Trail down in Florida, which like uh cut like is an off trail off the Florida Trail. I think it's 63 or something 60 miles I think um but it was a great it was an amazing trail like I did not have high hopes for it honestly because I'm not like I was just like hiking in Florida like how's how's this gonna be but it was amazing like it was a really good trail sounds like this was Cobra's doing him yeah being a Florida boy so <laughs> yeah exactly yeah well, his family lives in Fort Lauderdale. So we, he was like, my dad can like drive us right up to uh, the lake to start. And we were like, I was like, yeah, okay. Like I'll try it. And we ended up doing it. And it was like, we saw so much wildlife, like more wildlife than I've seen probably on both AT trips. <laughs> like we saw otters and like wild boars and deer. We saw baby raccoons. And I was like, we're, we're, like close we're in south florida like i just wouldn't expect that alligators that was my first alligator i ever saw i was like this state is wild (laughs) (laughs) yeah a lot of crazy things in florida yeah there is (laughs) now it's ocean to lake trail which lake is it uh lake okeechobee okay that's what i thought yeah and it goes to the atlantic ocean not the gulf yes right got it okay atlantic yeah it was really good we did it we did the lake to ocean and we'd like to do it again the other way now but it was really good it was cool ending at the ocean because even though it was we did it in february beginning of february um it was hot (laughs) uh so ending but the ocean was cold uh so ending at the ocean was really cool we dove in at the end and um so that was a good ending now, I know that people on the PCT starting out, they worry about rattlesnakes. Uh, people in uh, maybe the CDT mm-hmm. in, in Montana, they were worrying about, about grizzlies and, and moose. Were you worried at all about alligators when you were camping at night? I was. <laughs> um, and we, not, not really camping, but there's um, our second day, I think it's called Corbett, um, is where the trail goes through. Um, we had to do, well, that whole day was um, like knee deep water hiking uh, because it was pouring all day. And, and so and we, I don't know why, because we were idiots. We're like, let's do 18 miles today in the pouring rain and like knee deep water. <laughs> and we were so out of shape. I don't know why we did that. So, um, but we walked through this, we had to walk through this pond and you could see the other side of it, but um, you could hear alligators doing their little chirp thing on either side of us. And I was like, Oh, this is so scary. (laughs) I did not like that at all. But Cobra was like, it's fine. They're like bears. Like they don't want to like come bother you. So (laughs) we didn't have any close encounters. (laughs) I'm not sure that Cobra's right about that. Actually, I don't know either. (laughs) 
but I trusted him. If he's got some kind of secret inside, you know, Florida insider information. Okay. But well, they're uh, all gator whispers. So (laughs) holy smokes, especially in the water. I mean, you were at a a severe disadvantage. Yeah, exactly. Like I can barely walk through it. And those, I was like, this is terrifying, but (laughs) yeah, we didn't have any close encounters. So now I've heard a theory about if you encounter a gator on land and, and he comes after you, you run in a zigzag fashion because their, okay. short, their short legs can't make those turns. <laughs> I don't know if that's true or not, but no. <laughs> I'm not going to test it. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So you guys so, successfully made it out. Your trail yep. name didn't change from mountain cat to one foot. <laughs> no. Okay. Yep. So we did. Um, we finished that, came home. So that was February. Um, so then we, we, I don't know when it was that we decided to do the AT. Um, oh, I know. We, we, just, we thought we were going to do the PCT, even though we said we weren't anymore. <laughs> we're like, okay, we'll do the PCT southbound because Cobra is kind of like unsociable too. We were like, the southbound thing is going to be cool, like less crowds and uh, like a whole different experience. So we were planning on leaving like July 4th to go southbound and we went um here in Pennsylvania we went to the AT just for like a little day hike um to a place called I forget what it's called actually but there's a like a really good view up there so we hiked up there in December it was freezing and Cobra just started this he's like like started jokingly he's like hey what if we did the at again and i was like haha yeah funny <laughs> and he's like well we really could like what if we did it like through the winter and then we could bring sawyer and like when he said that i was like oh because that's the biggest thing for me like when we go hiking and stuff like leaving my dog behind um because i couldn't bring him on the piece well i probably could but i wouldn't bring him on the pct because he gets so hot easily and it'd be so hard for like me to get him off trail if something would happen. So Cobra said that and I was like, wow, that's a good idea. <laughs> so after that, like we stopped joking about it and we were like, let's just do it. We'll just do the AT again. And we told our friends and our trail family and they were like, y'all are nuts. <laughs> but yeah, we, um, so that was December and I'm glad I had almost bought our tickets to, um, up to um Washington but I hadn't yet so we just were like yeah let's do the AT again and we had talked about just doing that um that international from the Canadian border down to Katahdin but we weren't sure if we wanted to or not if the gut hook map wasn't out yet because I heard it was not well marked at all and uh but I reached out to them and they sent me um like like within a few days he sent me like the map and I got to like be one of the first ones to use it so that was really cool so yeah we decided to do um the AT again and I told my (laughs) I told my family when I told my family I'm like especially my grandpa I was like uh guess what he's like what I'm like we're not gonna do the PCT anymore he's like oh why not I'm like because we're gonna do the AT again he's like why (laughs) (laughs) I'm like I don't know honestly (laughs) so yeah and then um so you did do the international AT from the from the Canadian border to uh yeah yeah it ends um I think they used to connect um and then I guess they can't come to agree an agreement anymore it ends just outside of Baxter on um Katahdin Loop Road 
so we actually had to get a there's like an old trail that you can take i don't know if it's even legal or not but uh we ended up getting a shuttle from katahdin loop road at the end into millinocket and then we zeroed before we started uh at katahdin the next day okay yeah very good and before we get on to that uh that that southbound at hike i want to i want to go back to a comment you made that you know you just made in passing about the fact that Cobra is also unsociable. Yeah. <laughs> and so Mountain Cat, you know what we're dealing with here? We're dealing with the, the, the most uncommon uh, of love stories here. Yeah. You've got two very unsociable people from, from one from Pennsylvania, one from Florida, decide to do the AT independently of each other. They show uh-huh. up and meet each other on this 2200 mile trail and fall in love i mean this this is like a movie <laughs> well to be fair I, cobra used to be sociable and i think i'm a bad influence on him <laughs> he like because he's like a he is like a really friendly person but um when we're together i feel like he like gets the vibes off of me of the <laughs> no people thing so <laughs> okay fair point yeah yeah <laughs> fair point okay so tell me how your gear was different for this winter southbound hike of the AT as opposed to your 2018 northbound hike? Yeah. So, uh, well, first off, I wish I would have had some of this gear on my northbound hike because, you know, March and on the AT is cold. Like I know, like I had a 20 degree bag when I started in 2018 and it was not enough for me because I'm like a cold sleeper. So, there were so many nights that I just laid there and like waited for morning to come. And if I would have had that zero degree, I would have been like set. But so if I could go back in time, I would have done that differently. But yeah, my gear was, um, let's see. Well, we, I we switched out our duplex for, uh, the big Agnes tiger wall because um it has poles and everything so it's sturdier like with the snow and everything and it was really warm actually too with the three of us in there um the only thing is if I could do it again I would get a three person (laughs) because uh like my dog's 100 pounds and then two people it was a very tight squeeze in there yeah Bernie's mountain dog that's not a small yeah (laughs) no yeah so he he probably actually secretly hated that tent. We would shove him down in like the foot, <laughs> the foot box of it. And he'd be like curled up in a tiny ball. But so yeah, we had that tent and it worked really well through the snow. Like it never collapsed on us or anything. Um, uh, yeah, my zero degree that was, um, well, for a while I actually carried two sleeping bags because, um, especially through the Smokies, uh, I was afraid of it like dropping really low with the temp. So for a while I had a sleeping bag liner, my zero degree and um, a 40 degree synthetic bag that I would put over top of my down bag to keep the condensation off of it. Cause if I had a wet bag, like in those temps, I would have been like shit out of luck. So, um, so my bag was so heavy. <laughs> Cause I had those two sleeping bags, my liner then I would carry um, a quilt for Sawyer because it was really cold. Like he's a Bernie's mountain dog, but I would still like wrap him up in a sleeping bag at night. Wait a second. Um, wait a second. Who is this Sawyer? I thought we were, I thought we were hiking. Oh, with, poodle, with bear. poodle bear. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, and then I got the, um, the Thermarest X-Therm sleeping pad, which is their warm one. 
and I think it helped a lot like there were not there was maybe one night on the whole winter sobo that I was cold I was pretty proud of that (laughs) I couldn't believe that yeah that's impressive yeah so um I think it really helped too the, the three of us in there crammed in there like with the body heat so right yeah 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 that's helpful what was the start date of your hike uh, we started July 18th at the Canadian border, and then we got to Katahdin July 29th. Okay. And then what was the end date? When did you arrive at Springer? We ended March 10th, I think. Yeah. Yeah, the 10th, because that was the same day I started the trail in 2018. So it was a really weird thing. <laughs> So July to March, just in my, my mind here, that is, that's like another seven month hike, right? A little, a little uh, I think it was seven? closer to eight. Yeah. Closer to eight. Okay. Yeah. How many zeros this time? I went back and counted and I thought for sure it would be more, but it was around the same <laughs> about four. I think it was maybe 43 or 44 zeros. And are those just for our listeners who maybe haven't done the AT? <laughs> Uh, a zero hike is zero mileage and for you were those typically on the trail or were those town days oh no never (laughs) um they were always town days we were very serious about our town days (laughs) and what goes on in town um mostly just laying around eating we love chinese food we would always get chinese food delivered but we get super, we get aggressively lazy when we're in town. Um, like don't leave the hotel, DoorDash, delivery. And I love taking baths when I get to town. I love just like, especially on our winter through hike. Cause I was, cause when we're hiking or something, I'll be like, I'm never going to be warm again. <laughs> so like laying in a hot bath is like the best thing ever. You, you might have just mentioned the title to the episode, Aggressively Lazy. Aggressively <laughs> Lazy. That is awesome. That's awesome. <laughs> okay. And what was it like? Uh, was it, a, was it a, a high snow year or the snow wasn't that bad? How did the you, how snow... did, when did the snow start? At what part of the trail were you when the snow started? And were you already, yeah. you, were you already south of that? We, um, it started getting really cold around Southern PA. So that was around end of November. Um, and then December, around Christmas time, we were in, uh, near Parisburg, Virginia. And my mom and my grandma came down to spend Christmas and New Year's with us. So we were um, trying to do some slack packing. And, but the thing, like it started, sn- that's when it started snowing was around Christmas. So um, we, couldn't get to these like uh weird trailheads because they're dirt roads and like a sheet of ice so I had my grandma I felt so bad I had my grandma on a mission like to come pick us up near Woods Hole Hostel and I had no idea that the road was a disaster but I told her I was like if it's a sheet of ice just wait at the bottom so we got there and we're like okay they're not here they must be down at the bottom we started hiking down and there's this group of men like trying to help her back down from this like disastrous driveway I was like I told you wait at the bottom <laughs> but she, I always have her on missions trying to pick us up slack packing so she wasn't too traumatized <laughs> so no, I, yeah what were you go, gonna say uh go ahead and finish your thought oh um so yeah we um we hit the snow around Christmas and after and Christmas it pretty much just snowed I mean not nonstop, but 
my phone would just beep every day with a winter storm warning and it would be snow, snow, snow. And I never thought about um, how hard it would be with the rhododendrons. That's what started out being hard. Um, Cause when you get a heavy snow, the rhododendrons will just fall over the trail and you have to crawl on your knees under them. Like it took, we would slow down to like half a mile an hour trying to crawl through rhododendrons with like a full pack on our back. And I was like, this is ridiculous. <laughs> Uh, but our um our worst snow day was in Tennessee and like if we weren't in Tennessee I definitely would have quit like it was um we our our friend dropped us off from slack packing and my phone went off with another winter storm warning and I was like whatever I, I didn't even listen to them anymore because they were every day so I didn't even think about it and we started out and it was snowing as usual and we got to the shelter and we only had 12 miles to go to get to the next road where Cobra's uncle was going to pick us up and like take us back to his house and everything. We were like, okay, well, we'll just go. We'll meet him up with him tomorrow. We'll wake up early. And we <laughs> go to bed and it's snowing. And then we thought it stopped because we, we didn't hear it hitting the tent anymore. And so in the morning we're like getting ready in the tent and I unzipped it and I was like, oh no, it snowed all night nonstop. I couldn't even see where we came into camp. There was drifts like knee deep. So we packed up and started out. It was still snow. It snowed for like 36 hours straight. Um, the the uh, drifts were up to like my belly button sometimes. It was the worst day of my life. <laughs> there was just no positive in it at all. Like I was just like crying snot coming out of my nose I was like this is the worst day of my life like I fell and got a huge cut on my butt like it was the worst day and we only made it we hiked all day nonstop with no breaks because it was too cold and we made it seven miles it was like the most demoralizing thing ever ouch ouch yeah that sounds brutal it and was that was the worst day. In snow in snow that high, are you even able to post hole or are you just pushing the snow with your yeah, you're just trudging through I it? I would just lean up against it and try to like push a tunnel through. It. And the sad thing is we had so these snowshoes, okay, cuz we're like we'll probably need snowshoes. We thought we would need them through the Smokies, but um we had we were like bouncing them ahead if we didn't need them. So uh, before this at like Roan Mountain and everything we thought we were going to need them so my mom sent them down and we carried them and the sun comes out and everything melts and I'm like of course so we bounced them ahead and then this happened that like that it, which I don't think they would have helped anyway honestly because it was like waist deep but I was like of course they're in town <laughs> that's how it always works so you bounce the snowshoes ahead and yep. snow, snowmageddon hits yep <laughs> yes yeah, we had, uh, I've had a couple of guests who were on the same hike. There were different episodes, but they're on the same hike. 127, who got his name because he got, he, he, he slipped and he fell and got his leg stuck between two logs on a bridge. And he was there for 15, 20 minutes. And he, oh he would tell God. the story and people would say, oh, like the guy who got his arm pinned in a boulder that had to cut oh, it off, right? Yeah. Like 127. <laughs> so he, that was, that was his trail name, 127. That's and great. then uh, his friend that he met on the trail, Bert. Um, who did some great fundraising in Colorado, but she talked about her, her southbound trip and her, cha he, she would, 
see in the log books, this guy 127 would, would write these funny things in the log books. And she was like chasing him for three months and she finally caught him, I think in Georgia. Oh my God. That's cool. But they talked about, you know, they, they ended up in the winter. They, they got a late start and they, yeah. they finished in the winter and they talked about the, the rhododendrons and just how miserable it was it with is. having to crawl and, and do all that stuff. So yeah. That, that's nuts. And then it just falls down your back, like in your jacket too. So then your back's soaking wet and cold. <laughs> it just adds to the misery. Right. Uh, hey, was there anybody else on the trail with you guys? I have to imagine it was that, you know, those dates that you gave, those are pretty atypical dates. And so yeah. a lot of people probably weren't on the trail with you. No, um, I didn't think uh, there were days that I was, I was really surprised that we didn't even see like a day hiker because I, I didn't think that was like heard of for the AT, you know, like it's a popular trail, but we went, I think one time we went three or four days without seeing a single other person. And it was awesome because like we wanted a totally different hike from what we had in 2018. And like, and we definitely got it because we didn't have a trail fam like our trail family was me and him and our dog. Like we didn't have a trail family. We, uh, didn't have like we we had shelters to ourselves for months because there's just no one there so we could set the tent up in the shelter like you just didn't even think twice about like someone walking up to you like when you're peeing or anything because you just didn't see anyone for days so it was really cool man what a dream trip for a couple yeah. of antisocial people <laughs> yeah for real <laughs> <laughs> And also, you know, before I forget, because I don't think we've had many of these moments on the podcast, take us to your 2018 northbound hike of the AT. And one of maybe the, the most uncomfortable or unusual or embarrassing uh, shelter stories. I have to imagine when you, when you cram a bunch of strangers into a shelter and they're there for 8, 10, 12 hours sleeping oh and, and whatever else is going on, there had to be some moments. Hmm. Okay, well, wait, it's not my story, but it's really funny. Okay, okay. <laughs> okay this is my friend's story, and I'm not going to tell her name because I don't know if she'll want me to or not, but she um, was in the shelter before um, Hot Springs, and I was actually there that night, but we weren't really friends yet, so uh, I was camping, and she was in the shelter, and it snowed that night, and it was so, so cold, so she was in the shelter, and she said, um, like, her stomach started to hurt, and she was like, ro like rolling around trying to get comfortable and like try to go to sleep. And she's like, I don't want to go dig a hole and poop. It's snowing. Like, I'm just not going to do that. So she said she like laid on her stomach to try to feel better. And there was a bunch of people crammed. It was like a small shelter. And she said this older man was like, had his uh, head at her feet. And so they were opposite. And uh, she said she started to drift off to sleep and like <laughs> let out this huge fart okay and the guy go rolls over and goes oh <laughs> and that story cracks me up every time I make her tell it like so often and she's like I was like that is the best story I've ever heard well uh, hopefully that story didn't lead to her trail name no it didn't okay that's <laughs> she good. already had one luckily that's good yeah solid very good. But as you talk about that story, that brings up an interesting, another interesting point. You, you guys are going southbound during the winter and okay. talking about digging holes uh, yeah. in frozen ground. I mean, how does that work? Uh, it's, well, first of all, like also there's snow. So we would try to kick um, as much snow as we could off. 
and then you have like a trap like we honestly needed like a pick and a shovel um but you just like do the best you can like honestly it's so it hurts your hand trying to like use that little deuce of spades to dig in like like it's already hard in the summer with all the rocks and the roots and stuff but yeah it was it's super hard in the winter okay well the, the conversation has devolved a little bit here towards the end but uh some good laughs some good laughs for sure yeah. so you've done uh you've done some pretty long stints on the at is there any desire whatsoever to expand your horizons and do the PCT and the CDT and become a triple crowner? I would have said yes a few years ago, but they don't, um, people get mad at me when I say this, but they don't have as much like, cause I just love the AT so much. <laughs> I would probably do the AT again, honestly. And I would, there's a few like, um, like lesser traveled trails that I'd love to do. Like I'd love to do the, the mid state here in PA, which is like 300 some miles. Um, now that I know how good Florida is, I'd actually like to do the Florida trail someday. And like, it's another one I'd like to do, uh, that mountains to sea trail. Uh, I think that's North Carolina. I think it's like a thousand miles. So like those smaller things just seem like they have more like attraction to me now. Um, I still probably would like to do the PCT someday, <laughs> but I don't know. I haven't thought about the CDT at all. Yeah. We've, we've had a few people on the, on the podcast who have, uh, kind of looked down their noses at the AT. We've had a oh, few people man. come on who <laughs> have said the AT is the best of, yeah. of, of the long trail. So there's a lot of opinion out there, which yeah. is good. But I think everybody agrees that the the CDT is just an absolute uh, crapshoot. So yeah, I mean, I've, like, I've heard a I lot love, of stories. I love town days, and like, it's just that just there's not that many towns. <laughs> so that's why I like the AT so much. I can be in town like every three days. <laughs> right. So Mountain Cat, you know where we are? Where. <laughs> We're at that part of the episode where I turn to you oh. and ask you for your pro tip inside of the week. What little okay. piece of wisdom, tip, trick can you share with our listeners to make their next outdoor experience even better? Well, this I kind of stole from someone on trail in 2018 because we ran into the sky in um, Vermont on our northbound. And he... I was in such a bad mood that day and he like totally turned my day around because he was just ridiculous. He would tell, he told like 10 jokes like randomly. And then before he left, he was like, Hey, don't forget smiles, not miles. <laughs> so that's my pro tip is like everyone, not everyone, but a lot of people try to like, be like, Oh, how many miles are you doing? And like, what's your, are you doing twenties and stuff? And I think my trail family and I got along so well because we're not about that. We're not trying to like make miles, the least miles that we're doing, the better. So uh, I'd say like, especially if you're just starting out, like don't try to like push yourself and injure yourself, like just have fun and do small miles. Like there's no shame in like doing an eight mile day to start out or eight, anywhere. <laughs> I've done plenty of it. I did a three mile day in Georgia this time ending up because we had so much time. We're like, we're going to do three miles today. 
So yeah, nice. that's my tip. <laughs> All right. Smiles, not miles. And I like that because you're doing something that's hard, right? You are hiking yeah. 2,200 miles. And if you're miserable while you're doing it, it's even harder. Yeah. But, what's the point? But if you smile, if you enjoy, if you enjoy the moments you can, and you have a lot of smiles out there, it makes it easier. Yeah. It's all definitely. about your, your, your frame of mind. Yeah, definitely. All right. Outstanding pro tip. Thank you. Thanks. So there you have it. That's it. Season two, episode 19 is in the books. I hope our listeners enjoyed our time with Mountain Cat. I want to thank her for joining us this week. Mountain Cat, how can our listeners keep up with you on social media and where can they find updates on your latest adventures? Yeah, so I have, I'm mostly on Instagram. It's um, Mountain Kitter, K-I-T-T-E-R. And then I just started my own blog just because I love writing and um, and I want to do some writing for about through hiking and like winter because it was hard to find a lot of information about like uh, some of the winter gear and like people uh, doing like winter southbound. So I made my own website. It's uh, AppalachianAdoration.com. Appalachian Adoration. Because I awesome. love AT. <laughs> that's, that's fantastic. Yeah. All right. Remember to check out the pod on social media as well. We are on Facebook, YouTube, Instagram, and Twitter. If you have comments or clips you want to share, you can send it to me at johnfreakingmuir at gmail.com. Mountain Cat, I'm also looking to you to share your recommendation for a book, a movie, a documentary, or any kind of adventure media that will help our listeners stay connected to the outdoor adventures. We're calling this our adventure media recommendation. What do you have for us? Yeah, I was ready for this. I'm so excited because I'm a huge book nerd. Like I have a huge stack of books beside me and I picked this one. Uh, it's called The Sun is a Compass uh, by Caroline Van Hemert. And uh, I just I just finished it, but uh, her and her husband did a 4,000 mile uh, not even a hike because they like pack rafted and everything through uh, Alaska. And it's like a really good book. And it's something that I would like to think about too, is not just doing a hike, but doing like a make your own adventure kind of thing, like motorcycle, <laughs> pack raft, canoe, something like that. So it's a really good book. I'd recommend it. Very good. Very good. Yeah. And it's called The Sun is a Compass. Yep. And the author one more time. Caroline Van Hemert, H-E-M-E-R-T. Okay, there you have it. And I'm going to suggest to you, as you ponder whether or not you want to do the PCT, read Journeys North by, oh, by um, Barney Scout. Barney, that's on my list. Yes, so yeah. good. Such a good book. Okay, I got to get and it. And you get a really good sense of what the PCT is all about. So he does okay. a fantastic job. Sweet. Yeah, I got to read that. I've got a huge list. <laughs> <laughs> Very good. And before we wrap things up, I'm starting a new segment called, What Have I Not Asked You That You're Dying to Tell Me About? I want to make sure I don't miss anything here. So what, uh, what did I miss? Uh, I'm so excited for this part because I just got a um, DR200 yesterday. And that's a, a, a um, dual sport motorcycle. So that's why I said motorcycle. But um, because I made this list while we were on the trail of things that I want to do besides hiking. And I was like, I want to learn how to ride a motorcycle. So Cobra yesterday went and bought this DR200. And it's just this little um, dual sport. And it's so fun. I've already rode it. I rode it for like two hours yesterday. And then I rode it for two hours today before we, we started this. So that's what I've been dying to talk about. <laughs> nice. Is it, a, yeah. is it a street bike or a dirt bike? It's a street and trail bike. Okay. 
Yeah. So, yep. so, so mostly I'm not trying to like do any street riding. Honestly, it's mostly, we have tons of state forest um, roads and like camping up here. So I want to do some like state forest trails and roads and try to stay off the pavement. <laughs> yeah. You, yeah. Have get, you have to get some saddlebags for your, for your bike oh, yeah. and pack up your gear and go camping. I know that's what I want to do. I want to start doing some two wheel camping. <laughs> And you know what? I've got this great image of Poodle Bear strapped to the back with his goggles on. <laughs> yeah, his doggles. Doggles. There you go. Doggles. Very good. All right. Well, congratulations on that and be safe. Thank you. I will. That's a wrap from the John Freakamere studio. Any shout outs to friends and family, Mountain Cat? Yeah. Um, obviously, shout out to Cobra. We, he did the whole Sobo with me. We did most of our Nobo together. Um, I probably would have quit if he didn't keep me sane and the other way around too. We always had opposite bad days. So that was good. <laughs> um, and a shout out to my family, super supportive, especially my mom, and my grandma, they're my big trail supporters and, um, shout out to my trail family. Cause I love you forever. And, uh, you guys made my whole journey and we're best friends forever. <laughs> Nice, nice. Yeah. Long, long lasting relationships. Long, yeah, for sure. Are yeah. on the trail. And yeah. you know what? I just realized, you know, I said earlier about, you know, being out there 24 seven with a significant other. You were out there 24 seven on a southbound winter hike of the AT. <laughs> if you yeah. guys could do that, you could do anything. <laughs> yeah. And surprisingly, it was easier being with each other than we, than I thought it would be. <laughs> All right. Thank you for tuning in. Always remember the trail is the trail. It doesn't care if you want to go downhill. It doesn't care if it's almost dark and you're looking for a campsite. It doesn't even care if you open your tent and there are snow drifts up to your belly button <laughs> and all you've got is a deuce of spades. Nope, the trail <laughs> is the trail. Embrace the suck.